Hello and welcome to Hamsa Holistic Healing and Ayurveda Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and it is my deepest desire to journey with you down the path to better health, mind, body, and spirit through the practice of mindfulness and spiritual awakening. Here in the sacred space, we will examine how the practice of higher consciousness and self-awareness can actually lead us to an optimal state of physical and spiritual health. We will talk about the various ways to increase our awareness and support one another along this beautiful journey. Thank you for being here and welcome. This episode is sponsored by the International Institute of Ayurveda. IIA is based in Northern California and Tuscany, Italy, offering both Ayurvedic education and clinical Ayurveda. For those interested in pursuing a career in Ayurveda, the Certified Ayurvedic Practitioner course begins in January 2022. This 1,500-hour, two-year intensive training is capped at 10 students to ensure that our future practitioners are given individualized mentorship and guidance by some of Ayurveda's top professionals today. For inquiries regarding either the school or the clinic, please email reception at iiayurveda.com. That's reception at iiayurveda.com. Hello and welcome to Hamsa Holistic Healing and Ayurveda Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and I welcome you today to episode 15 on the topic of depression. Today, I'm speaking with health coach Debbie Hauser of Pure Symmetry Wellness Counseling. We are speaking on the topic of depression and Ayurvedic and spiritual approaches to managing this imbalance. Debbie Hauser is currently a PhD student of natural medicine and holds her master's degree in integrated health and is a board-certified health practitioner. She has multiple certifications in nutrition, yoga, Ayurveda, life coaching, hypnosis, Reiki, NLP, auricular therapy, meditation, pro-consciousness meditation, heart rate variable, digital biofeedback, neurofeedback, quantum healing, EFT and TFT tapping, mindfulness, addiction counseling, and much more. Her focus is mind-body medicine, centered on natural approaches to healing the effects of anxiety and stress, using the core principles of Ayurveda as a foundation to treatment. A typical session with Debbie will include learning about your Ayurvedic constitution and finding and treating imbalances and your body and mind through the following methods, specific contemplations, mindfulness, goal setting, and planning, breathwork, neurolinguistics programming, Reiki, yoga, yoga nidra, nutritional and supplemental changes, and more. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Debbie. Hey, Sherry. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm so glad to see you again and have you here and uh, talk about this. Good to see you. Thank you. Yeah. Ah, So we're going to talk about kind of a heavy subject today. Oh, yeah, we need to do this big uh, side for this one. Take a big breath and we're going to talk about depression, episode 15, depression. And Debbie Hauser is here with me. And um, so I I guess we'll start with um, the definition of depression. 
which is, yeah. Depression's a mental health disorder characterized by persistently depressed mood or a loss of interest in activities causing significant impairment in daily life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's um, uh, most commonly seen as, um, you know, it looks like a, a, a person laying on the couch, mm-hmm. um, unable to get up, not interested in life, not participating. Um, and it's it's such a, a horrible condition because the world separates the body and the head, the mind. And when somebody is suffering a true clinical depression, Mm. it's not their fault. They don't have control over it. And yet the world expects them and they too expect themselves to kind of snap out of it. And, you know, they should be able to, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get going out the door and brush your Mm -hmm. hair and brush your teeth. But this is illness. This is illness. And there's no there's no understanding that it's all one connection. The mind and the body are one connection and separating the two is, is so unfair for, for the sufferers. Um, Depression affects so many people. It's actually the leading cause for disability in our country. Mm. And here's an interesting fact I Googled prior to us getting together. Mm. Um, There are over 18 million adults suffering each year, but 300,000 people, 300,000, I'm sorry, 300 million people worldwide Mm. are suffering. It's, it's a, it's the number is huge. So that's like one in every 10 people. Yeah. And this is a serious illness. Yep. Because it can lead to death. Sure. Sure. You know, and, and yet the world still is not having compassion for this serious illness. And I'm so happy that you're talking about this, especially during this season, mm. um, because many, many people need to hear this. I'm, I'm, I don't know about you. I'm sure it's the same with you, but my phone has been ringing off the hook with mm. sufferers right now. Yeah. We have a lot of expectations around the holidays that they're joyous and wonderful and everyone's baking cookies and families are getting together and laughing Mm. and talking. And, Mm. and for many people, that is not the case at Mm, all. That's right. That's right. That's so true. And if you have a situation where you've lost someone, a loved one recently, or even, you know, within the past couple of years, holidays are a major trigger for that loss. Yes. They remind us of what we don't have anymore. Yes. And um, they pull us back into the past. And as we talked about last time, when we're living in the past, that pulls sadness. Um, You know, I have two people I'm working with closely right now. This is their first year without their loved ones during Mm -hmm. the holiday season. Yeah. And I'm, I'm holding them, holding them, meaning not physically, but holding space for them, seeing that this painful time, you know, they're putting up the tree by themselves or mm-hmm. one person's lighting the menorah by herself mm-hmm. first time. And, and what a difficult thing to unpack memories, you know, especially when you talk about the Christmas tree, you know, each decoration on our tree has a meaning. And sure. I couldn't imagine yeah. doing this you know, without my partner, you know, how it goes, you know, 
we we want to be with our loved ones this time of year. And so even if you haven't lost somebody, what we've lost during this time with COVID, mm. you know, not getting together with the families, we're grieving differently this year. So there's other forms of sadness that are coming up for people because we've all lost, the whole world has lost so much right now. And yeah. so many people are feeling sadness right now. And it's a very unfamiliar feeling for people um, that <clears throat> typically don't experience sadness, lethargy, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Thank well, you for bringing this uh, to the public. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I've had my own bouts um, with, I'll say, relatively short episodes of depression um, and I want to kind of speak to the difference between clinical depression, mm-hmm. you know, um, like a long-term chronic situation mm-hmm. sure. uh, versus about a day where you're feeling blue or right. you're, you know, you're a couple of days during a period of time, maybe the time of year that you may have lost someone or um, lost a relationship or whatever it may be. Um, the difference between mm-hmm. those two situations, because they are very different. Yeah, yeah. they are. So sadness, um, experience sadness and lethargy or low, low mood is different than the clinical depression in the mm-hmm. sense that, um, you know, we we all experience ups and downs, um, throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, with the cycle, uh, uh, female cycles, moon cycles, things like that. Um, But a psychiatric clinical depression, a diagnosis is different in the sense that it, it's extends for a longer period of time. Um, There's um, an inability to, to engage in activities. Mm. Um, there's a complete loss of activities. Uh, there's loss of interest in your life as you knew it, that, you know, people don't eat. They, 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 they don't, they can't get in the shower. They can't bring themselves to move. And there's a very real heaviness that's experienced. And it's, it often comes with physical pain as well. So depression, clinical depression is experienced as pain in the body as well. Um, I have had clinical depression. So I I have experienced it firsthand. It was in my twenties. It was, if anybody has had listened to our other podcast, uh, the podcast we did, I was talking about the extreme panic disorder that I had. It was during that time um, and I had, I was unable to participate in anything. And I, I can, I could still remember the heaviness that I felt in my body as we're sitting here talking, because I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, like, oh, I can't even, like taking a breath was hard and it, it was the, it was the worst feeling. And I remember saying to my saying out loud and talking to people and myself saying, if anybody thinks that there's a person that 
is faking this or they say, you know, you can, you have control over this. If you're suffering from depression, if there's something you can do to get out of it, you would because, because it is the worst, most uncomfortable feeling. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a real true illness. Yes. And you feel it from head to toe. Awful. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. So much compassion. Also, I wanted to mention very, very common people suffer with digestive issues as well. Yeah. And I didn't mention that before, but there's a lot of stomach issues that go along with this. So, so we're talking about the deep, deep sadness, lack of motivation, heaviness, mental heaviness, Mm -hmm. physical heaviness. Um, and this is a real manifestation of depression, especially when we start speaking to Ayurveda and spiritual approaches, Mm -hmm. looking at this imbalance and from an Ayurvedic standpoint, maybe we can help the listeners understand from an Ayurvedic standpoint, what is actually happening in the body. And then we can, we can go from there. So starting with kapha, a a kapha predominant dosha in a person, uh, the kapha dosha is made up of earth and water. So it's has a heavier quality. So that person may uh, have a heavier um, frame, a bigger build. Um, They tend to be very deep sleepers, slower talkers. They have soft voices. They have a more laid back kind of slow moving nature. And then you have your vata uh, predominant dosha people. And so vata is made up of the air and ether elements. So a highly vata predominant dosha person may tend to be more energetic. Uh, They can be vivacious. And they can also kind of come off a bit spacey in their heads and tend to be anxious and more prone to insomnia, irregular appetite, and maybe some excessive worrying. And then you have your uh, pitta predominant people. So the pitta dosha is made up of fire uh, and a little little bit of water, but mainly fire. So these are your highly motivated uh, people. They're intelligent and self-determined. They're usually the leaders of the world, but they can also be impatient, prone to conflict. So they like to argue a bit and they have a very high uh, hunger. So they digest, metabolize very fast. So um, they're more prone to heat, excessive heat in the body, physically and mentally. So typically we think about, um, depression as a, a coffic imbalance, um, because of the heaviness, the stagnation, the lethargy, those are, are attributes that are common with kapha dosha, mm-hmm. but all of the doshas can experience depression, but they just look a little different, right? So if we look at um, vata dosha, the elements are air and ether. So um, you'll see the vata dosha uh, experiencing depression more related to fear, um, Mm -hmm. anxiety. It uh, will manifest as insomnia. You know, those racing thoughts are just going on and on. And the imbalance just increases. You know, once uh, vata dosha doesn't keep a steady uh, 
routine, they just increase and it just gets bigger and bigger. Also, you'll see erratic eating patterns and sleeping patterns. So it'll be, you know, you're getting your nights and your days flipped. You're binging, uh, binge eating or not eating. This is very common with Vata Dosha. Yeah. So, so if you, if you have um, Pitta, which is your fire and you're experiencing um, a lot of uh, anger and frustration, or you're being verbally abused regularly, or you're watching a lot of violence on TV because like tends to like, like, does that right. make sense? Yeah. Right. So, you know, or you're overworking. So that's the dosha that'll overwork. And suddenly you have excess pitta, excess dosha. You're going to experience uh, the depression in, in, of this excess form, right? So this is pitta dosha. We should mention this pitta dosha is at most risk because they're the ones that are more violent and more likely to harm themselves because mm -hmm. they experiencing experiencing things in excess. That's so right. they, they would also initiate because they're doers, right. right? So we have to really, if you're working with a pitta dosha and they're they're experiencing depression you really want to be careful keep a close eye that you know what what's going on here how are you treating yourself yeah because so, depression in in a pitta predominant person looks like a lot of frustration or anger irritability impulsivity where they're yeah, very much kind so. of like kind of like you don't Shouting know when they're going to go out the rails right off the rails right right so, so depression typically we think of it as like low and heavy and like you're just mm -hmm. like a kapha kind of depression which we'll talk that's, about yes that's right that's how we typically experience it we think of it right because that's most common and it's also explained in our society that way but, but when you're look right, when you're looking it, at it from an ayurvedic mm -hmm, lens mm -hmm. it's it's an imbalance of anything in excess is an imbalance that's and it. so if you're if you're very aggressive and you're shouting and, and you're really, you know, harming yourself, this is the experiencing experience of pitta, excess pitta. So depression in, in pitta type is really, it's very different. But look at the crash and burn here too. If pitta dosha is really overworking and they're going, 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 they're likely to crash and burn. At yeah. some point, so that mm -hmm. all or nothing really can happen here with pitta dosha. So they may wind up, you know, in complete fatigue. So you'll hear adrenaline fatigue, right? Yeah. yeah. Excess cortisol. This is because they've been running and running and running and working and working and working. And I can't stop now to, to eat because I've got deadlines and they're putting extra deadlines on themselves because they're really on the hamster wheel and they're going and going and going often running from thoughts. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so there's only so long people can go at that pace. And then all of a sudden it's hit the wall. Yep. And then, and then, the, and then the Vata, the Vata dosha predominant people might experience. Um, and we, we did speak to, to your higher mm -hmm. Vata um, dosha predominance sure. and that you experienced anxiety with depression, which I think is quite common in people. And Vata anxiety slash depression would express itself with racing thoughts, insomnia, low energy of the body, 
yet high movement and activity of the mind. Um, and, then, and then when we have a kapha person who is naturally higher in that particular um, doshic um, qualities, mm-hmm. they'll tend to experience They're depression sleeping. kind yeah. of right. Like, like kind of like how I think we all picture right. depression. Yeah. Is, They're laying on the couch. Yep. They're couched, as we say, couched. As my daughter will say they're couched. Yep. They're couched. And they're, they're, you know, watching TV. Yep. Um, they're eating a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, binging is a really good word that's used. So you could be binge, binge watching television, uh, binge eating, or just sleeping a lot. You know, you're very lethargic. Everything's um, slow and heavy. And you're not wanting to do anything. You don't want to go out. You don't want to put your, you know, get dressed and put your clothes on and go shopping. You just want to hang out and even just to, lay shower, the couch. To, sh- to, to shower. To shower. Shower is a big chore. It's just, yeah. it's not even a chore. It's just that that desire to get up and do. There's just no motivation. Yeah. That's total lethargy. It's stuckness, yeah. and yeah. that's so kapha dosha. That mm-hmm. that quality of being stuck. You're yeah. just like, if you put the elements together of kapha dosha, water and earth, and you mix it, it makes mud. Right. And that's right. how you kind of look at it when you're, uh, when you have excess kapha dosha, you're stuck, you're, you're stuck in mud, you can't move through the mud. There's yeah. so much heaviness in your system. And so think about if you were stuck in mud, what that would feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't move You're you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're you have all this moisture around that's, that is exactly what a a kapha depression would look like. And, and while we're on the topic of kapha dosha mm-hmm. and, and the symptoms of a kapha, kapha expressed depression, let's mm-hmm. speak a little bit to grief mm-hmm. um, as grief. Mm-hmm. And we think of grief as the loss of yeah. a loved one, right. right? But really, and that is a major, major um, example of grief, but it's also can be the loss of a job, the loss of a relationship, the loss of a home Sure, through some natural disaster or something. Right. So speak about grief. Yeah. Grief. That's a heavy topic, isn't it? Mm, Um, Grief shows up in so many different places because there are ways we experience loss. So when coming back to the season that we're in, the time of reflection, you know, mm-hmm. what we, we look at what we have, we try to live with gratitude, but we also look at what we don't have. Mm-hmm. And so experiencing grief in terms of what we don't have. So, you know, what if your body has changed and you've lost the ability to do certain things and we're missing the fact that let's use this um, time that we're in right now with COVID, right? A lot of my friends had clubs that they belong to meditation groups, hiking clubs, um, dancing groups, um, running clubs, walking club, whatever it is. And those things have been taken, yoga classes, those things have been taken away from us. They've, they've been, we've been robbed, all of us. Yeah. And we're, we're missing things. You know, we had that and we don't have it anymore. And the body is experiencing this as a loss. And this is grief. I look at, um, I'm looking at people that had businesses yeah. and they lost them during COVID. 
or they lost them for other reasons, whatever it is, and they miss what was once their daily routine, what the life they knew, the life that was comfortable for them. And when you lose a loved one, that life that you had, the comfort of that relationship, the companionship, the connectedness is gone. And this throws the body and mind out of balance. It's a shock to the system. And now they find themselves in a new place and it's it's uncomfortable. So this is where we look at opportunity and growth and things like that. But if you're in stuckness, if you're in lethargy and heaviness, you're not looking at your glass glasses half full. You're looking at what you've lost. Absolutely. And that's a painful place. Yep. You know, and in, in, in all of this, the, the losses that you just mentioned, there's one common thing that has been lost and that is connection. We have lost our connection with one another. Right. And isolation is common with depression, especially um, it's it's huge also um, for all doshas, but most commonly with vata dosha. Yes. So vata dosha needs to be social. It's very important for their wellness and they will, they will go into isolation, which Mm -hmm increases the elements that are out of balance and exactly for us to be told um you know go into your your place and stay there and then not have human connection not have human touch a hug releases oxytocin that feel good hormone that we all need with not without touching and hugging and being near people we're missing a part of our human experience that keeps us healthy and balanced and this is all what this is exactly how ayurveda looks at depression it's a simple fact of a doshic imbalance we're out of balance we have excess dosha in us excess elements in us so when yeah Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. It's all right. When when we're when we're talking now, we're taking all of the feelings that we just explained, each doshic feeling, each expression of different types of depression. And now let's put it in the funnel and bring it, start bringing it into mm-hmm. what it looks like and what is happening in the subtle body. We know we have pain and we know we have fatigue and sadness in the physical body, but what we really need to do, and this is an Ayurvedic principle, of course, we go to the root of the issue and the problem because we want to heal it from the ground up and not mask the symptoms, but we want to go deep into the subtle body. What's happening in the subtle body? We are three parts as living beings. We are mind, body, and spirit. So yes, we have physical pain with depression and we definitely have emotional pain, but what about our spiritual pain? The part of us that is our soul. And this is where energy healings are important in the healing process as well, because the subtle body is experiencing the same shock and grief as the physical and emotional part of us. And so we have to address this part of us as well in the treatment of depression. So every experience in the mind is accompanied by the shifts in the body's chemistry. When you say, I feel depressed, you're acknowledging that your body is generating disturbing sensations. And so through yoga, meditation, energy healings, you can release this emotional toxicity that's being stored in the body. 
on the subtle level in the soul spiritual part of us. And so just as changing thought patterns can influence the body, changing the position of the body can influence the mind and facilitate emotional release and healing as well. So as you stretch your muscles in yoga and expand your range of motion, you shift the bodily patterns that trap those painful emotions. And so yoga and breathing practices and meditation and energy healings like Reiki reflexology, these practices can release the constriction and free the flow of prana or life force energy, which then energizes the cells, which then facilitates healing. But if someone's laying on the couch mm-hmm. and they're in a state of just deep depression and they, they yeah. and they see no light, they right. see no hope, right. how do they, and they're listening and they're saying, oh, yeah. I want to feel better. Yeah. What, how do I start? What do I even begin with? Right. You know, the first principle is compassion because the, the, yeah, the darkness opens us up to maybe taking a look at what is really coming up for us. And maybe there's trauma that's been shoved down deep inside of us that we've stuck into the tissues of the body for a long time. And we, we, we haven't addressed and we don't want it. We've been pushing away, pushing away. And all of a sudden we're on the couch and it's surfacing. And so we have to first show compassion, you know, before we do anything, you're not going to go run and get on the mat and do, you know, sun salutations. You can't, you're not there yet. So we need to kind of spread our stuff out, spread our mess out in front of us. And let's take a, a good look at it and say, okay, what's showing up for me? What What's here? What trauma is present in my life that I need to to address? And I need to look at, and then look at it. But look at it with compassion as if you're, you know, your own best friend or you, you know, we're so compassionate for people we love, but we shout at ourselves constantly, you know? Yeah. So, so come to yourself with compassion. Number one, Mm -hmm. honor where you are and address what's in front of you, because maybe you need to go to a professional and, and deal with this trauma. Maybe it's time. You know, maybe there's been something that's been underlying for a long time and is Mm -hmm. showing up. So it's important that we go to the right place for the right help. And if you're in a clinical depression, you're kapha on the couch and you're not moving and you've been there a long time, it's time to to get help and get show compassion for yourself. Now, the next principle would be let's heat you up you know, you're cold, you're not moving, you know, you need, you need movement, we've got to warm you up, simply making yourself a, a nice cup of boiled water with um, um, some lemon, and sipping that all day long, warms the body and detoxifies the body. It's a it's a great all day long drink for kapha dosha. So you could also look at some herbs and spices that are warming, you know, putting some ginger in your tea, steeping ginger is an excellent way to start to kind of, mm, okay, I can't, I can't get off the couch onto the mat, but I can make myself some tea and heating up the body with a nice warm cup of cozy tea says so much to the body. It's 
nurturing, it's healing, it's warming. So it'll little by little get the, the body moving and pushing some of that stagnation out of the body. And so at that point, when you start to introduce food and a change of diet to start clearing, clearing this heaviness out, it would be a good time to think about fresh foods, foods with more prana or life force energy, not potato chips, not Oreo cookies, but food that is fresh from the earth. And so we're talking about fresh vegetables, homemade soups, roasted vegetables. These are warming and they are also fresh and contain life force energy, which is going to nurture the body and get it moving in the right direction of healing. You know, I should have mentioned this before we get to the food. Pranayama practices might be a better place pr before the, you know, the food, which is, before we which get is to diet. breath work. Yeah. So breath, breath absolutely. Work. Heating breath work, getting the breath moving mm -hmm. is a really, really, really great. If you're familiar with um, pranayama practices, then you know the heating practices. But if you're not familiar with breath work, a deep inhale and a, a light, a big exhale is a great heating, moving practice. So you want to inhale, belly, you know, belly breath, and then a nice exhale, really mm -hmm. letting it out. And do that, you know, always exhale a little longer than you inhale. You don't want to get lightheaded. But those are great practices. If you do practice, you could do alternate nostril breathing. It's great for all doshas. So if you're not sure what your imbalance is, alternate nostril breathing is a nice tridosha. Tri I also love ujjayi pra practice. So that's that Darth mm -hmm. Vader um, breath that you practice during yoga. So that's another great pranayama practice. But if you're unfamiliar with the practices, just full inhale and full exhale and you're getting the prana the life force energy moving and again that's moving energy through the subtle body you're getting movement there and that's helping the to reduce the stagnation quality right because that's what we have in excess so you're moving okay yeah yeah right. and when you if you've ever noticed when you're crying mm -hmm your body will sometimes naturally go, <gasps> yep, yep. Right? because the body's intelligence and wisdom knows mm -hmm. that you're yeah. probably when you're in a state of depression, just shallow breathing, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not bringing that life force energy <sighs> into yeah. your cells. And so you're just stagnation. That's a really, really great point, Sherry, because we're breathing in the upper portion of the lungs and things are accumulating where in the lower part of the body, the lower lungs, and you're not getting air, you're not getting prana into the lower lobes of the lungs. Mm -hmm. And that's where we really need to deepen it. Mm -hmm. And when you activate, when you start to breathe into the lower part of the lung, the belly breath, the diaphragmatic breathing. So let's move the energy, move the prana, start to increase the, the energy in the body. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're laying on the couch and you're in con being consumed by sadness, mm -hmm. you have your breath accessible to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's a good place to start. 
You might not be ready to call somebody. You might not have the energy or the, the, I used to have a friend who said the wherewithal, and I love that expression, mm -hmm. to pick up the phone and call for help. But yeah. your breath is accessible. It's it always is. with you at all times. And you could just tune into it and say, okay, maybe I can't open my eyes. Maybe I can't make a cup of warm tea. Maybe I can't make that warming dish. But right now I can breathe deeper. Yes. And I can make sure I pay attention to my breath and I could keep focusing on that. So starting with that, that practice, I think would be so helpful. Yeah. So think in terms of warming the body, yeah. right? Because you're, you know, the body's cold, you want to warm it up. So increase the breath, deepen the breath, make sure you can put your hands on your stomach and feel your belly moving. It's not, you know, a lot of people don't know how to breathe properly. And, you know, it's not your fault. I did not know how to breathe properly either. But see if you could start to notice where you're breathing first. The act of noticing is very important. It says, hey, I'm paying attention. And then we can tune in and we could really uh, examine what's happening in the body. So we could put yeah. our hand on our belly. We can put a hand on our chest. Notice where the, the, the body is receiving the breath. And then see if we could shift it and change it. Because I could almost guarantee you, most people are breathing right up here in the chest. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. once you can you know, see, okay, that's happening. Now, how do I shift it? Takes a couple practices. And then you start yeah. to move the diaphragm. And all of a sudden, and then when you exhale, you notice a release. And the, and the sad part is we were born knowing how to breathe. If you watch a newborn baby breathe their little bellies go up and down. I think we don't realize how much healing is in breath work and breathing, the deep belly breathing, the diaphragmatic breathing that is so healing to the body. Okay. If the body knows how to heal itself, mm -hmm. then maybe in that moment or in that period of time of depression, mm -hmm. it's a time to really um, take the opportunity, exactly what you said before, to see what think, exactly, yeah. I think things present themselves in the time that they need to. So mm. when, when the suppression is happening in the body, yeah. maybe this is the time for you to release what's been stored in your body. And mm. maybe this is now when your body is ready to examine what it's been holding on to, what's that extra weight, right? Mm. It's been holding on to for mm. so long. What have you been stuffing down for so mm. long? Right. And maybe this is just the, the way that the body is presenting it for you, exactly. but it's saying, okay, well, this is showing up now. We're ready now. Now it's time to look and examine at what we've been holding on to. And so in Ayurveda too, and this is, again, I picture um, the person laying on the couch and just, you know, can't budge, just doesn't have, you know, and so we talked about, you have your breath. And so you, you, you access the breath. So if you're, if you're listening and you're identifying with a certain doshic imbalance and, it, and it's expressing itself in that kind of depression for you, we're going to go through each one starting with kapha okay. and we're going to go through and name once, once you are able to kind of get off the couch a little bit, maybe these are some things you could try baby steps. Mm 
one at a time, but we're going to just talk about um, things, things you can do to try to start improving the mood and getting things kind of rolling. So, right. So get familiar again. Okay. Sorry about that. So remember what kapha is. Kapha dosha is air, um, sorry, water and earth, right? They're the, the, the usually, usually larger frame people. All right. In, in excess, they have, you know, lethargy, stagnation, um, colds, things like that. So for, for kapha, this is the, the dosha that we want to heat up. So we want to, you know, once we've taken those steps and, you know, you're able to move, we want to really increase movement here. So we want to look at practices that are more, um, you know, warming. So if you practice yoga, you want to do your sun salutations. Maybe you want to go outside in the, in the, the bright sunlight and, and do power walking or even jogging. If you could do that. So more energizing activity going outside is extremely important for all doshas, but getting in the sunlight is very, very important for kapha dosha. Um, so for this dosha, we want to turn to warming foods, warming spices. We want to do a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables because we want to cleanse. This dosha tends to need detoxification. So this is the, the cleansing. Um, we want to look at pungent and warming herbs like cayenne, pepper, um, cinnamon, which is a great one. Um, reducing things are very important. So we want to reduce salt. We want to reduce cold foods. We want to reduce things like um, dairy, stay away from ice creams, rice puddings, things like that. Um, if you're a smoothie drinker, avoid your smoothies. You know, it's much better to start going with soups. You know, make yourself a nice grounding, um, not too grounding, but warm soup that's a way to go. Uh, add those ginger and cayenne pepper, nice fresh black pepper to everything, maybe a little saffron. But mm -hmm. your foods, your practices, you know, your warm spices, your activity level, warming up, your breath work, heating practices, heating pranayama practices, um, getting onto a regular structured routine is very important for kapha because this is, you know, that lethargic person. So waking up early, going to bed on time, very important to put some discipline back in your life and try to get the, yeah, the, the rhythms back in, in correct flow. And I think, um, and I, I find this really helpful, um, self-massage with warm, Oh yeah. With warm oh, yeah. oils. It actually oh, yeah. reduces. Yeah. It actually reduces cortisol levels and increases mm -hmm. serotonin and dopamine just by mm -hmm. giving yourself a warm oil self-massage. Sure does. It also helps move some of the toxins out of the tissue. Yeah. So, you know, the avoyanda, the warm oil massage, it's for all doshas. Just oh, use yeah. the appropriate oil, right. you know, really make sure it's warm. So you're, you're, your skin is cooler with kapha and you might have clammy hands. So if you can warm your oil and give yourself that beautiful, calming massage, you know, yes, it has the principles of moving the toxins and, and calming the stress hormones, but it's also saying something very important to the self. It's saying, I matter. I take the, I, I'm taking the time to do these practices because I matter. If you can take, you know, just choose one of the practices and start with it. This is a beautiful practice. 
It this is. has so many benefits for you. And it's very, especially it's very if, loving and self-nurturing. It it's really so, is. it's so loving. And this is a great place that you could add your, your flower essence mm-hmm. to this practice. And then, you know, we'll, we'll go over the other doshas as we get to them. And this yeah. is just a nice. Yeah. So that's, that's the heavy kapha uh, quality. Mm-hmm. Now, if your depression is expressing in pitta, which is mm-hmm. more of the angry, the frustrated, the irritability. Right. Yeah. So what can fire. we do for our pitta people that are sad? Right. Those are your fire people, yeah. right? So those um, those are the ones that we really want to be very careful with because these are the people that are the overambitious, overworked, but yet are more likely to hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you're having self-harming thoughts, things like that, always, you know, reach out, reach out is number one but this is this is kind of a an indicator of where you are so and let me just say that you don't have to have all of these feelings to be in that dosha. so you could be pitta depressed and not have certain emotions like you're not harming yourself but sure. maybe you are very agitated and you're feeling like you're angry I'm angry all the time and you know people you might not even realize that people are saying to you why are you so angry why are you so you've got that angry face I'm sorry I'm sorry oh I didn't know I'm doing that and then you piss off you know right that's an indicator that you're pitta depressed so we want to think about the the practice of self-compassion always right but calming down the heat the agitation has got to you know be expressed through cooling this dosha so meditation is very important the the if you're a yoga person and you're practicing maybe lighten up on your practice don't be so intense don't hold your posture so long maybe feel free to go f- with a little creativity, be a little bit more flowing, a little more gentle, maybe ease up. So if you're in, say, your warrior and you're really holding, all of a sudden you realize, oh, gee, I'm really intense. Maybe just gently take a peaceful flow back and then go back into it. If you don't practice yoga, that's totally fine. Maybe if you're a runner, maybe ease off the running and go to a jog or a walk right now, or maybe switch it up altogether and dance instead of, you know, this intensity, just ease up the intensity where you can find it. So this is the dosha that tends to want to eat hot food. Well, we want to take you off of the hot food and put you on cooling food. So you want to increase your cooling spices um, and herbs. So that would be coriander, cilantro, aloe vera is a great one. You want to increase your sweet tastes. And then your, um, your essences would be those cooling essences that are also gentle. So your sandalwood is cooling. Mm-hmm. That's the one I like in the summertime yeah. for pitta. And That's rose cool. is a beautiful calming cooling um essence it sweetens the frustrated part of us it sweetens us up a little bit yeah and laughing is a really good practice so there's laughing yoga but just also maybe if you're a person that tends to watch violence this would increase pitta Mm -hmm. dosha so maybe you want to watch the comedy instead and i just want to mention too for the pitta depression expression um that Try, I, I really, really want to drive this home. If you've never been to yoga and you mm-hmm. s- try restorative, restorative yes. oh, Ooh, it is yeah, so yeah, yeah. beautiful. And f- if you're feeling frustrated, 
frustrated slash sad, restorative mm-hmm. yoga. And you could, I mean, if you can't, if you don't feel like getting up and going to a studio, you can Google it restorative and oh. so well, restorative yoga. Right. And that is what it, that's a practice that they use a lot of props and restorative. Mm. It's a very grounding practice. Um, I think it's great for everybody, but you're, it's, it's, um, holding postures for a period of time and releasing you're, it's an act of doing, you're very much doing something because you're learning to stay with what's uncomfortable and restorative yet you're being set up and supported with these props in a, mm-hmm. in a very nurturing way. It's a very beautiful, um, I, I highly recommend it. Um, so give it a try the restorative yeah. yoga. That's it is and- great. And you can listen to cooling water is a cooling element. And so, okay. You don't live by the ocean while you're laying on the couch. You've probably got earbuds, perhaps plug them in and just Google ocean sounds and lay there and just be compassionate and cool down and try to just chill. YouTube is wonderful. They have, YouTube has, um, the imagery with the sounds. Yes, so you can beautiful. Google the ocean waves. You can Google a, a brook, a running brook. Yep. Um, the, and then you're the, using both senses of the, that's the right. hearing and the sight. Right. Yeah. And it, you could, you can diffuse some, you know, coconut at the same time. And then you're, you know, yeah. you're there, you're, you're in there, your place. you know, if yeah. that's comfortable for you, you know, if it's, it's comfortable, if, if yeah. it's a good memory Remember, or whatever. Right. Right. Well, like increases like, so if, you know, if you're have excess water, maybe that's not the best practice for you, but it's great for, for Pitta Dosha. The water is very cooling. Um, if, if not, and you know, you're a, a hot Pitta person, think about the things that you hang in your home. You might want to have a, a beautiful picture of the water in your home. Yeah. It's just, it's a nice way you're walking past the picture all day long. You don't realize it, but your senses are taking it in. It's true. They're taking everything around you. Maybe you okay. even want to think about the colors in your home. You know, if you're a pitta dosha, maybe you want more cooling colors in your home. Blues. Color yeah. is used in Ayurveda as a, a therapy. And then and um, if you're expressing depression as a vata person, yeah. where you have excessive worry and restlessness and, and I mean, you're anxiously depressed and yeah. you're just up all night. You can't sleep. Um, you might even experience some paranoia, um, which mm-hmm. is not fun. Um, right. No, it's, it's definitely not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just feeling a general ungroundedness. Um, right. Ungrounded is that. a great word. Yeah. Ungrounded yeah. is a great word. Um, again, air and ether are the Vata qualities. So already you're up, you know, in the sky and in general, you just need grounding. But if you're Vata depressed now, Vata depression is also related to the suppression of prana of life force energy. So there is lethargy and stagnation or sluggishness, but there's also that mind of bing, 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 bing. So the erratic mind is present. So this can be a little tricky the vata dosha needs routine they need their daily practice they need their routine it's so so important you need to go to bed early and wake up early and be very mindful of your sleep patterns it's difficult because sleep is what suffers commonly with vata dosha so if you can 
you know, set that timer. I have it set on my phone. I have a beautiful little lullaby that plays when it's my bedtime. And then I have a nice wake up sound for me. So we need stability, right? Um, the organic, the organic diet is very important for all doshas. So I'm just going to restate that. Um, food is medicine. This is prevention. So fresh fruits and vegetables are healing. Um, um, calming foods are sattvic foods. Those are foods that are peaceful foods. So more of a vegetarian diet, uh, grounding fruits and vegetables. Um, but think yeah. about what what's grounding, right? So your grounding uh, vegetables would be all of your squashes. Uh, butternut roasted. Uh, roasted yes roasted vegetables up, with oh man tossing them in your warming spices and mm -hmm. roast them and that always feels right so so yeah. if you could include you know roasted vegetables into your your meals that would be the way to go um pumpkin in your oatmeal in the morning with cinnamon and ginger and mm -hmm, yummy right um here's another one that everybody loves cut up some apples and pears and stew them with cinnamon and a little van every like a day. stick of vanilla. Mm, yeah. I make it every day. I stew yeah. apples. It's pie filling. And then I add some ghee. <laughs> yeah, it ghee. is. Okay. Ghee. ghee. Yes. Yeah. So ghee, ghee is clarified butter. That is a, a, one of our staples in Ayurveda because it's, it's packed with Vit uh, vitality. You can put that in everything. So when I make my oatmeal in the morning, right. I put my ghee in the oatmeal. Some people put ghee in their coffee if they're coffee drinkers. Um, I don't care I do. for that. I would, I yeah. Yep. Right. We would want to think about eliminating caffeine for Vata yes. this time of year, right? Yes. Or yep. just reducing it if you don't want to eliminate it, yep. but keeping that low. But the ghee is a, a fantastic grounding and nurturing type of uh, principle to put into our food. So cooking with ghee is another, <clears throat> excuse me, another great practice. Yep. Um, so the spices any warm spices, right? We don't necessarily want hot, but just kind of somewhere in the middle. I love curry spices. I always go to my curry spices. It's just mm -hmm. very basic for me. Um, and, and, and vatas should really be in bed by 10. Um, absolutely. Oh yeah. Just, you, oh yeah. you need to turn off your equipment, turn off your electronics, oh, excellent point. turn off your stuff, excellent. Yeah. go get cozy. After you do your warm massage, get a, a book that <laughs> might quiet the mind. Sometimes I, reading makes us sleepy. I wish your listeners could see you right now. You, it's, you, it's so sweet. You know, <laughs> as soon as you think about these pacifying routines, you know, you get into that mode of, oh, that's comforting. And, you know, we start to take these with our hair, yeah. your hair, you're yeah. twirling your hair. Yeah. Was, yeah. The, the avoyanda, the warm oil massage with some lavender at night before bed. And yes, you brought up such a great point, shutting down the electronics, Let, you know, sitting in your bed and meditating. Meditation is a practice that is starting to get the credit it deserves. Yeah. But when you're suffering from depression or anxiety, meditation can be so healing. Especially for, um, for grounding purposes, yes. but also meditation trains the brain to stay in one place. Exactly. So the practices for all, 
all dosha, where vata dosha might get into, you know, once they sit to meditate, they could stay there a while. But for vata dosha, you want to make sure it's a point of focus with their meditation. So keep focusing on the inhalation and the exhalation. Just the regularity for vata is very important and a little bit longer because vata dosha will be the dosha that wants to cut it short and move on to the next thing. And this is the dosha that needs to constantly retrain the brain to stay in one place. That's the neuroplasticity we were talking about last time. So that's why the practice of restorative and yin in yoga are very good for vata, because we want to go to this, 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 and this, and this, you know, we want to keep going to the next thing, but we really need to learn how to train ourselves to stay, stay, stay. It's okay. Nothing bad will happen. You could stay here. Right. Right. So these practices really lengthening out um, your meditation is very important. I think a lot of people need to do that because we are, we live in a world that's so overstimulating that it's hard to just you know, you need wind down time. Like, like when your kids are little and you used to say, okay, we're going to start winding down. We're going to take a bath. We're going to read a book. You know, remember those days when that's, that's part of the wind down and we forget as adults, I think Mm -hmm. we still need the wind down, especially in this crazy world. So, you know, you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned bath time. Bath time is an excellent practice to calm, uh, Vata dosha, a nice warm, uh, with, Epsom salt and a little um, essential oil. Essential oil, yeah. Epsom salts, um, and and you you can look this up and and you know research. Epsom salts has a really healing effect, deep tissue healing. Yes, and I it's an old kind of um, Mm -hmm. treatment or kind of thought, you know, my mom used to always say, put it in Epsom salts, put your foot in Epsom salts and you have like a a splinter and abscess or something. Right. Epsom salts is, is, I believe it contains a lot of magnesium. Is that correct? Yes, it does. And then it pulls that uh, toxins from the tissues. So an Epsom salts bath can be a huge, um, beautiful practice to do to elevate your mood. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So think about that. Now, if kapha dosha is stagnation and the toxins are sitting in the tissue, this would be a really great practice for moving. Um, During a time of detoxification, uh, when I work with my clients, we, you know, include Epsom salt baths Mm -hmm. uh, as part of the practice for helping to eliminate. But um, and actually I'm not positive. I, I I'm not 100% positive about magnesium, but I, I think it is. I know. I think that's what it is. I don't, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the magnesium. Yeah. If you don't have a bathtub, you can soak it. You can do a foot bath with, yes. with Epsom salts, you know, um, depression is, is tough. It, it, it really is. And I think we've all experienced some kind of depression in our lives and, and, um, self-care, self-compassion, self-love through these practices that Debbie and I are talking about, they may seem like small baby steps, but they are going to help at least initiate some start to healing in the body. Right. And try to not isolate 
try to, and, and if you feel the need that you need to seek out help, um, with a professional doctor, person, um, therapist, do, do that. If that's what you feel like you need to do, um, but just try not to isolate and be alone right. and, um, and know that people care. And I think, yeah. I think people are more understanding and compassionate than we give them credit for. Mm. And isolation is very common with depression and mm. we're social creatures and we need one another and, and reaching out is so, so important because this is a very serious, real thing and it is an illness and it, it's not your fault. If you're suffering with it, there's an imbalance somewhere. But help is out there and it may feel like you're stuck in this forever. That's how it felt for me. Sure. But light will enter at some point and you yes. will emerge from the darkness. Yes. And you will come back better than ever because you will have faced what was hurting you and what you're holding on to. And there's mm -hmm. that whole sense of renewed new life that will happen for you. Amen. And, you know, your spiritual life, um, whatever that means for you can, can be very, very helpful as well, but yeah. try to practice some love, self-love, self-compassion, no people care. You're not alone. And most of us have felt some kind of heaviness at some point in our lives and try these little, um, they seem little, when you start to do them, you realize the impact they're actually really huge. Um, and they, they bring beauty back into our lives. And I thank you, Debbie Hauser, from the bottom of my heart for sharing your wisdom and your time and your kindness. Oh, well, I appreciate you so much, Sherry. And I appreciate what you're doing and what you're doing for everybody and to your listeners that may need this so badly. So thank you so much for having me back. I'm honored and it's my privilege. Thank you. Thank well, you. thank you. And we, um, we want to wish everybody a healthy, happy, um, season and, um, just try to be kind and gentle with yourselves. And Deb, I will talk to you very soon Wonderful. and all blessings to you. Namaste to you, to you as well. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you would like to experience healing or give the gift of healing to another, please go to my website, www.hamsaholistichealingandayurveda.com or email me at sherry at hamsaholistichealing.com or you can contact me on Facebook, Sherry Berjanski. I offer Ayurveda consultations, Reiki energy healings, reflexology and Ayurveda foot massage, tarot card readings, angel card readings, and much more. If you found this podcast helpful, please share an episode so that we can spread this wonderful wisdom of healing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, take care. Namaste.